By the time you hear this podcast, you'll just have eyes without a face. time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we're back with episode 133 Um, i know it's been a while since we've done an episode um full disclosure i had covid (gasps) oh dear yeah oh my i had covid uh, about three weeks ago um but uh i'm all good now i was gonna say how you holding up i was fortunate to make it make it through um i had all the symptoms oh wow (laughs) but fortunately i made it through so uh that was for that was the reason the main reason for the 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 month off that we took it was definitely not intended uh but we are back i am healthy and um we're able to continue giving you more uh content about random music topics (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, go ahead and introduce our guest. I mean, if you don't know where to find us now, um, shame, <laughs> you're not looking you. hard enough. You're I not guess. looking hard enough. You, you're not trying. You're not asking questions or the right questions. Have you heard the last 130 something episodes? Yeah. Like, come on, buddy. Cause I realize every time we, every time like do the intro, I realize it's like, man, that took like eight minutes. And I feel like that's too long. Yeah. I right. would say part of it, too, is because we start, I, well, I start off on a tangent, so. Yeah. No, I, I mean, not even, <laughs> even even with that, the tangents are fine, but trying to explain to people where to find us, it, I don't know. I feel it takes, I feel like it took, it takes me that entire eight minutes, but anyway. Where can you find us on your phone? Somewhere. <laughs> just, just Use look. Use Google. There. Hey, there you go. Google or just just look at it. And, you know, because of the face recognition technology, it can also (laughs) read your brain and just think of us and it'll pull it up on Google. So we have a guest. Um, He hasn't been on here for a couple of years, at least. Has it really been a couple of years? Yeah, he was on like two of our first like 10 episodes, I think. Okay. Um, I thought I did one right before I moved. You did the hundredth episode too. Yeah, he's on the hundredth episode. Okay, so three. So it's okay. been a year. If you okay. count the hundredth episode, it's been a year, okay. about a year. 
Um, but we have uh, Matt G. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I am here. Um, Matt G, you have moved out to the West Coast. Um, yep. How is that working out for you? Uh, weather's great, and the scenery is cool. The people out here are terrible. Really? Uh, are you are you in LA? Human beings. Uh, not. I'm like an hour south. I'm in Irvine, Orange County. Okay. So, it's. Oh, that's where the yeah, that's where the bougie. That's where the bougie white people are, aren't they? Yes. Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> Orange County is what I've been told the Florida of California. Yeah, I I could. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and Huntington Beach is like the Panama City. Ooh, <laughs> Huntington, really? Yeah, that's insane. I mean, granted, it's you know relative, <laughs> so it's not. You really don't feel like you're in Panama City, but when you hear the stories, you're like, those are some <laughs> trash people. <laughs> isn't there? Isn't head PE from Huntington? No idea. Okay, I just I'm trying. There's someone famous from Huntington beach because i used to hear about them all the time in high school i mean it's like pod no wait no no there's not not P-O-D. uh no i think they're straight yep. up head P huntington LA. beach yeah hmm, that's yeah right. and dirty heads are from huntington okay that might be uh, also I mean, i'm sure there's there. a lot of bands because yeah. it's you know it's surf central out there so so is huntington near irvine no oh, okay i don't know exactly how far it is i mean it's not too bad but it's not like close gotcha all right uh well as we uh try to ask our guests um each guest i don't know when i started this but i knew it was something we should do um (laughs) (laughs) what music have you been listening to lately uh you know i I think i give this answer every time i always listen to the same shit that i listened to when i was (laughs) in like middle school um but (laughs) i did come across i don't know if you guys know about uh, so, gr- you know how Green Day has, like, that second band? I I, I can't yeah. remember the name. So, the the they le- released an EP, like, last week called The Terminal is the band name. Okay. Uh, okay. It's I think it's just the same three guys. It, they may have added, like, a synth player or something. Because it's, it's, like, a four-song EP, and it's very 80s. And it's incredibly political. They call Ivanka Trump a Nazi. Whoa. They make fun of flat and, uh, flat earthers. Like it's, <laughs> but it's really catchy songs, and I got really into that. <laughs> I want to check that uh, out. That sounds very but interesting. But I, I have been in like a pretty big '80s kick, so it was fitting that you guys asked me to come in on Rebel Yell here. <laughs> I mean, I, I listen because I haven't listened to the album in a while, so. I listened to it today, and then I was like, you know what? I want to listen to some Depeche Mode, and <laughs> nice. got me in the mood. All awesome. right, so uh, yeah. Well, Ben, Ben, what have you been listening to? Uh, uh a lot of Neo Soul. <laughs> um, so I guess in the same vein, some of the stuff I listened to in middle school. Um, but then also taking a lot of the suggestions that Spotify has made for me. Um. You know, like when you're, you're listening to one artist and you go down, it's like, you might also like. And I'll just kind of go on a journey <laughs> mm. <laughs> and see where it takes me. And, um, yes, I mean, I listen to some new soul, some old soul. Um, and by old, like late 90s, early 2000s. We're not talking about like Sam and Dave. But like, you know, start of the century old. So it's it's been interesting. It's some artists I knew, some I didn't know. The song I was discussing with you, you know, 
I hadn't heard in years, but I was like, holy crap, I know this song. <laughs> I know this, I know this group. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it's been a lot of Neo Soul. Because right, they cool. use live instruments. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I've been listening to a lot of um a lot of stuff from the uh 70s and 80s, but like different different genres, not just soul or or disco. Um I I couldn't, I thought, I I guess I deleted the playlist off of Spotify a long time ago, but I uh, made a new uh, freestyle, and I'm not talking about, like, hip-hop freestyle where someone's, like, you know, rapping on Funkmaster Flex (laughs) or Sway in the Morning or whatever his show is called. Uh, Nothing like that, but freestyle as far as... um, uh, I think other people call it Latin hip-hop. Okay, I, I remember you talking about the genre. Yeah. Um, but did did you say that Madonna had freestyle in in the Vogue video? Or was that, 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 that that could be that could be considered freestyle. Okay. Or Paula Abdul, or um, uh, CNC Music Factory. Okay. But I, it but it's more the that. more of the um. Latino artists out of Florida or New York. It was really one of those two places. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of like, a lot of it, some stuff broke through. Um, there were some number one hits, but if y'all, if y'all ever heard of like Stevie B. Um, pizza? The pizza place? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not exactly. Um, uh, Stevie B. Jody Watley. Okay, I've heard of Jody Watley. Uh, Taylor Dane. I love Taylor Dane. <laughs> uh, Expose, The Jets, or the the group. I think it might have been. I don't know. I know I talked to you about this about the group Will to Power. Yeah, I remember that. And um, <laughs> they did like a really weird cover of. They did the Freebird. Uh, yes, the Freebird. Free uh, what's the <sighs> Peter Frampton song? Baby, um, I love your way. Yes, yes. Medley. <laughs> Have you heard that before, Matt? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think it was like 1988, 89, but it was this duo. They're from, I think they were from Miami. And they just, I don't know how they figured out that you could do, you sing Freebird and Baby I Love Your Way over the same beat. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but it ended up being a number one song on the Hot 100. Like it was a number <laughs> one song. And no it's 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 all the cheese that you can imagine. <laughs> um, I have to look this up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, the group's called Will to Power. Um, Will to Power. I, yeah, the, right. the guy was reading motivational books, and he looks like he does uh, nightclub security. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> what a song though! Like Freebird, though. It's just like, what were they? <laughs> were they watching like? Sweet Home Alabama, the movie, and they were like, "This Freebird song's pretty good." Like, um, but yeah, but I'm listening to basically a bunch of stuff from the '70s and '80s. Um, so let's get into our music news and the biggest news, and the only thing really worth talking about, I guess you might say, is that the Grammy nominations have been announced, and um. Trevor Noah is going to be hosting the Grammys. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so 
where is the here we go so um i think the grammys made an effort to be more diverse but the more diverse they tried to be um the weirder it got the weirder it got it left like some popular stuff out that you thought might be there like i'll yeah. say this right off the top the weekend had one of the biggest albums of the year one of the <laughs> yeah, biggest singles awesome. of the year no nominations <laughs> zero so, nominations let me ask this are we sure he's a part of the academy and he's not pulling a drake where he's like i don't want to be here i mean did he say that at some point because i don't know <laughs> i think that happened with drake because he said it because I know Tool did that for the longest. Maynard apparently like boycotted the Grammys, but then all of a because sudden they started. The weekend has in been there. nominated. Like Beauty Behind the Madness was nominated for Album of the Year. Yeah, I just who knows. I, I even just think know, the uh, EP he made got a couple of nominations. It might be a year to year thing because Tool like boycotted for years, and then all of a sudden they're back in there and getting nominated. Um, and so I just I don't I mean I haven't heard this, but I I did find that odd. And you're right, man. That was a it's a great album. It's a great song. Yeah, and it was a little weird that it was nowhere to be seen. The song has been in the top ten almost all year. Yeah, <laughs> the whole year, and it's just and like I mean, well, I don't want to. It's like if your song <laughs> is gonna make it into Fortnite, <laughs> you gotta admit it's pretty popular. <laughs> and also, he's performing at halftime for the Super Bowl. So that oh, so right. that kind of says we consider him one of the biggest stars in the world. Yes. So and he was on American Dad, which was a very weird episode, but. And uh, apparently he was in Uncut Gems, but he was playing like 2012 The Weekend with the weird hair. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I haven't seen Did that you movie watch yet. that movie? I haven't seen that. I saw like the Adam first Sandler, 10 minutes. Right? Yeah, I saw the first 10 minutes of it, and um, I, I was cringing too much. I Yeah, I was cringing yeah. too much the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I forced my way through that because I was like, everyone talked about how great this movie was. I was like, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. And then the movie ended. I was like, fuck myself. <laughs> it didn't get better. <laughs> um, let's look at the some of the uh, categories here. Uh, Record of the Year, Black Parade by Beyonce, uh, Colors by the Black Pumas. I've never heard of that. I've never heard the song. I've heard them of the band, but I'm no, I don't know their music. I have not heard of either. Um, Rockstar by The Baby featuring Roddy Rich, uh, which sounds... It's like one of the poppiest rap songs I've ever heard, and mm -hmm. the two guys shouldn't be looked at as being poppy. No, no. Um, Say So by Doja Cat. Uh, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. Uh, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Circles by Post Malone. And <clears throat> Savage, the remix, which is Megan Thee Stallion, featuring Beyonce. Uh, so eight nominees in that category. Turn um, into the Oscars, man. <laughs> <laughs> For album of the year, they also have eight nominees. Uh, Chilumbo by Janae Aiko. Hmm. Uh, is this the highest she's ever been nominated for anything? Uh, it's first time she's nominated for album of the year. Okay. Uh, Black Pumas, their self-titled album. Everyday Life by Coldplay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know they had an album. <laughs> Me either. I thought they retired or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is this the Jesse or DJ, DJ, I, DJ S <laughs> DJ S the Jesse volume three by Jacob Collier, uh, women in music part three by Haim, mm -hmm. future nostalgia by Dua Lipa, Hollywood's bleeding by Post Malone and folklore by Taylor Swift. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm rooting for Dua Lipa to win this one. I think I I'm mean gonna go with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I I think that is the best album so far this year. But yeah, Taylor Swift is she's got like that Grammy magic. Like yeah. they love she's won, giving she's her. She's won this award twice. Yeah, yeah. She's got well. She's well, the most winning female, right? She has the most Grammy nom- or uh, album of the year awards for a female, right? Yeah, I don't she's know. the only one to win it twice. Yeah. The only female to win it twice. I think Stevie Wonder's won it three times. Yeah. Um, well, shit, let's go for a hat trick for her. I thought that <laughs> album was really good. Like, it I was. Know. I thought it I was better it. than I. It was better than I thought it would be, but it's still not what I want. And I guess I'm being well, a three year old. <laughs> I'm being a toddler because oh, I you want. Um... I want Fearless 2.0, <laughs> but I'm not gonna get it. I'll even. I'll even take Spark. Not Sparks. What was the Speak Now? Speak Now. I'll even take Speak Now 2.0 or Red 2.0. But well, I'm she not going to be re-recording it. all of her stuff, so you never know. You could get yeah, like different Bond. versions of your It'll stuff. It'll be literally <laughs> Fearless 2.0. <laughs> well, yeah. So someone was saying that, like, you know, it'll never sound like the original the same. I'm like, she, I think up until 1989, she kept the same touring band. Just go find those dudes. <laughs> They're probably yeah, right. not doing anything. <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got. Song of the Year. <clears throat> we got Black Parade by Beyonce. That was from the Blackest King short film. Uh, the box by Roddy Rich. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Song of the year. <laughs> I feel like TikTok had something to do with that one. Oh God. Um, Cardigan by Taylor Swift. <clears throat> Circles by Post Malone. Don't start now by Dua Lipa. Everything I wanted by Billie Eilish. I can't breathe by her. And if the world was ending by Julia Michaels, I'm sorry, J.P. Sachs featuring Julia Michaels. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you told the thing about the box. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's hey, we have come a long way, man. <laughs> uh, best new artist. Um, some I I've heard of just half the list, literally just half. Oh, is he? On? Uh, Ingrid Andress. Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, <clears throat> Noah Cyrus, or I thought was an actress. I didn't know she was a singer. Anyway, uh, D Smoke, who I know from the uh, the the Netflix show. Which one? Uh, it's called like Rhythm and Flow, oh, okay. where it was like a American Idol for rappers. Um, Doja Cat, Katrinata. How is he on here? Who? Katrinata. This was his first, the, uh, well, they, well, album they, of note, I guess, as they said, the word yeah, name. okay, like establishing their public persona. What was it, 99.9 percent? Yeah, it? which was three years ago, four years ago. A great album, and this is okay. Hey, I'm happy for him, I like him a lot. Yeah. So, and uh, Megan the Stallion, best new artist. Um, <clears throat> so any does any, do any of those stick out to you at all, Matt? Dude, I only recognize like two names, and I've never heard any of those songs from any of those people. Like, I don't. I'm. I feel so old right now, and not on per. Like, I don't feel like I actively stop listening to popular music, but I'm guessing maybe I have because I don't know any of those names. Uh, yeah, with the song of the year, um, I have. I've not heard um, the Billie Eilish song. I think I have. Or the Julia Michaels song. I, I've heard the name Julia Michaels, but I've never heard any of her music. 
I uh, think I, yeah, I have not heard any of these songs. I think that everything I wanted, if it's the one with the cartoon video, then I know that Kendra loves that song. But um, I think I've heard most of these other than If the World Was Ending. Um, I've never heard of anything, like I said, I haven't heard anything by the Black Pumas. Circles is, I'm I'm not surprised that that is nominated. I'll be very, I'd be interested to see if it wins, but. Yeah, that might even not even be his best song no, on the it's album. Not. It's really not. But it was his biggest, which yep. makes no sense because the weekend right. <laughs> Academy. <laughs> come on. Um maybe they don't like Max Martin. Oh. Um, he was a he was a producer. Maybe they got Max Well, Martin I would have understood if it was Dr. Luke. I was about to say yeah. uh, but Dr. Luke got in trouble, right? Uh Dr. Luke so, yeah, did um produce Say So for Doja Cat. Oh yeah, he goes under oh. a different name now. I forget. Oh yeah, uh, something <laughs> tracks Tyson tracks. Yeah, he's got a new name. Oh, he's doing that. Yeah, less, yeah. less rapey. So, <laughs> at least for now. Yep, he's right on there. Tyson tracks, and no one, and no one's the wiser. No one knows. It's no him. one's the wiser. I, I, I completely overlooked it. Not thinking. I was like, oh yeah, that's said Doctor Luke right there. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, the best pop vocal <laughs> album is uh that category is star studded, uh Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Dua Lipa, Harry Styles, and Taylor Swift. Oh, those are all people I've definitely heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really hope that Dua Lipa though, because this this future nostalgia album, and maybe it's because I've been forced to listen to it, but it's really solid. Like it's a yeah. very good. And also, I think pop disco esque album. In trying to figure out the whole weekend thing, the whole weekend mm-hmm. snub, mm-hmm. I think because they both made similar, it similarly inspired albums. Yeah, that the Academy had to pick just one. Maybe there's only room enough for one eighties <laughs> esque. <laughs> yeah. What if, what if they flipped the coin and it came up Dua Lipa every time, <laughs> because he has zero <laughs> nominations. <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, how about this? We look at best rock performance. I'm pretty sure um, it's Fiona Apple word. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Fiona Apple, and her album's called Shamika. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Who's there, on the cover? <laughs> it's just black chick. <laughs> um, uh, not by Big Thief. Uh, Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, the Steps by Haim. Stay High by Brittany Howard. And Daylight by Grace Potter. Mm. So I don't know who's in Big Thief, but we have like <clears throat> all female artists in this category. Hmm. I don't I'm not familiar with Big Thief either. Who are they? Um they have a woman in there too. Yeah, close enough. She's got short hair though, so you couldn't mistake her for a man. <laughs> okay. So, um just being let me stop. Best metal <laughs> performance. Uh we have Body Count. Is Ice T still doing body is he still in that band? I believe I think so. he is. I know Kevin was pretty excited about this album as well. Um yeah, I think he's still in it though. Uh a band in these other bands I've never heard of, Code Orange. In this moment, I've heard of them? Heard of them? Poppy and no. Power Trip. Oh no, kidding! 
sorry. Uh, the only reason I know Power Trip is my uh, my buddy. He does like heavy metal reviews for YouTube. I edit his videos for him. Power Trip's probably one of his favorite bands, but they're like really. I thought they were super underground because he only listens to you know bands that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> so <laughs> to hear that they're on there, that's crazy. Do they degent? Uh, no, no. I think the gent's too mainstream for him to listen to. Oh, geez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Power Trip's uh, Executioner's ta- Tax Swing of the Axe live. So it's a live album. Maybe I'll check them out then. Hmm. Um, uh, I wonder but... if it's, if that's the band where the lead singer recently died that, um, it was like the Fox News anchor or somebody like became friends with him. With hmm. Power Trip? I think it was that band. I think the lead singer had passed away recently, and I guess there was an interview he did with a popular anchor on Fox News that they were like butting heads the whole time, but they, you know, uh, agreed to disagree and became really good friends. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks like uh, Riley Gale is the singer, and I think yeah, I think he died. Hmm. Yeah. That I forgot about that. It was recently too, like in the last yeah, month or two. It was yeah, it was very recent. Uh, August twenty fourth, thirty four. Okay. My goodness. Oof. Mm. So um, young. To also have the best uh rock album, um, if you heard of these bands, Fontaine's DC. Jesus, how old are we? Michael Kiwanuka. What? He's um. I thought he was one of those like Leon Bridges type of uh, black artists <laughs> as far as like he just has a guitar and plays stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's considered a rock artist. So uh, Daylight by Grace Potter, um, Sound and Fury by Sturgill Simpson. Who is not rock. <laughs> I thought he was country. He is country and yeah. bluegrass. He's alternative country, though, so. And I don't know if you're on the Grammy website, but they put a description, I guess, for people like us who like to nitpick on what the qualification is for best rock album for albums containing at least 51 percent playing time of new rock, hard rock or metal metal recordings. Well, it's the 51 percent. That's always been their number Mm -hmm. for albums, for their album uh, nominations. Uh, Also, the last person the last act in the category is the strokes i didn't know they were still i didn't know they were still around anyway um (laughs) there was a category i wanted to look at and that was producer of the year well actually let's look at the best comedy album real quick um (laughs) dave Chappelle has won it the last two years but he is not nominated this year because he didn't put anything out um black mitzvah by tiffany haddish I Love Everything by Patton Oswalt, <laughs> The Pale Tourist by Jim Gaffigan, Paper Tiger by Bill Burr, and <laughs> oh, yeah. 23 Hours to Kill by <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld put out an album? Yeah, I know like the-, the That was the, like earlier in the year, right? Yeah, the, the special 23 Hours to Kill, I know it's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, this, I didn't know Tiffany Haddish did stand-up. Nor did honest. I. I didn't know either, and- Apparently she's not very good. Aww, a lot of so. people say like she's not funny doing stand up. Uh, that sucks. Well, not everyone can be. I mean, I saw, I saw yeah. old Michael Keaton stand up. 
So I what? Think, yeah, yeah. Old Michael Keaton stand-up from like the, I think it was like the late 70s, early 80s. Was hmm. it the like one time he did it and realized he shouldn't? Oh no, he started out as a stand-up. Like he was oh, on. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on Letterman or one of those shows, one of those late night shows. Oh. And they showed like an old clip. And I was like, thank God you started acting. Like, yeah. Thank God Mr. Bomb came through. Because I think <laughs> some people forget he started as a comedic actor. So. Yeah, yeah. because I just you know the other guys last night. Oh, he he's in great in that. <laughs> <laughs> I re- but I also recently rediscovered how actually kind of funny Beetlejuice is. Which <laughs> oh, is like like the he's like in the eighties he was a comedic actor and then he did Batman and I, uh, I think the last comedy I think he's done is Multiplicity. Well, he was in the other guys, so okay. Well, okay, he, had he was a, in the. Star. I mean, as far as a lead role, yeah, I can't think of anything. Well, wasn't there that one he did? Wasn't it the whole thing supposed to be like? Oh, Birdman, it was like one take or whatever. Birdman. Yeah, I haven't was, seen Birdman, but I don't think it was considered. It's considered a comedy. Oh, okay. Was that nominated? It was nominated for a few Oscars. People yeah, were he, in he love was, with that. He was one. nominated for best actor. He played Ray Kroc. I remember that. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mean in that movie. <laughs> Uh, that role mm-hmm. was apparently originally offered to Tom Hanks. I couldn't see Tom Hanks like Tom Hanks can't be mean like that. Like that would be pretty Speaking mean. of Tom Hanks, uh <laughs> best compilation soundtrack for visual media, uh A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is one. Nice. Of oh, I didn't see that. Uh, movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music. <laughs> uh Eurosong Vision Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Much better than I, it should have been. That was a pretty good movie. <laughs> uh, Frozen 2 and Jojo Rabbit. So. I, I, I don't know why, but some of these things that were li- like I 2020 has felt like 20 years. Yes. <laughs> like I see that Ad Astra's on here. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, for best score soundtrack. That 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 is it's just weird, man. This is what a year this has been. <laughs> uh for best song written for visual media, we got a song from Cats. We got a song from Onward, Carried Me With You. Who does that song? Brandy mm. Carlisle does that one. Into the Unknown from Frozen Two. The same people who wrote uh Let It Go. So they're probably going to be nominated for another Oscar. <laughs> um, actually, the one of the guys, Robert Lopez, I think he's the fastest to get the EGOT. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Uh, no Time to Die. Uh, that's Billie Eilish. Um, has the, mo- what, has yeah, the, the movie come out? Yeah, the not ever going to come out. Like, that's no what... Time to Die? Is that the James Bond film? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I, I figured if, who, if anyone would know, be you, Matt. <laughs> It's been pushed back, I think, delayed twice now. Yikes. And I'm not even sure that it's going to come out by the end of this year. Because the song's been out for like eight months or something like that. Yeah. And didn't it, I thought, like, the consensus was that it was crap. I've never heard it. I thought everyone hated it. And they were going to, like, re-record I, it. I heard it a couple of times. I listened to it a couple of times. It sounded like every other James Bond theme. Like, it. Okay. It has There's only been like kind of one James Bond theme I liked, and it was the um, Duran Duran one. <laughs> Which one was that? Was um... uh, the Living Daylights? No, 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 no. Uh, t- a View to a Kill. Time, yeah, a View to a Kill. Okay. Uh, the Living Daylights I... was Aha. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they did a theme. Like, I think all the songs written for James Bond movies are just garbage. I kind of liked uh, Die Another Day. No, wait, wait, uh... no. What was Tomorrow Never Dies, the Shiro Crow one? I didn't like okay. that one. 
And uh, two, I, like never been a they, they, there's, we know there's going to be a song for the James Bond film. There's a theme song. Yeah. And only, and two of them recently won Oscars for best original song. The one Adele did. Uh, oh, Skyfall. Okay. Skyfall. Yeah. And the one that Sam Smith did, <laughs> which was, oh. which I thought was garbage. I didn't like that I'll one at all. I don't. I don't remember it. But the only other ones I know <laughs> that were nominated, uh, the one that um, Paul McCartney did, "Live and Let Die." That's a good song. That's that's, and I yeah, really like it because of Guns right. and Roses. But <laughs> and I think the only other one I think was nominated was the uh, "Diamonds Are Forever." Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. But they don't, even though, like, there's going to be, I, I feel like that was something, they're trying to get the recognition, like, for the movie, because it's not going to, it's this action movie, and it's kind of hokey. Let's have a great song with it, <laughs> and maybe we can get an Oscar. But I think they, they have, like, less than five nominations of, what, 30-something movies? <laughs> they're really that many? There, There's a lot. Yeah, jeez. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Daniel Craig didn't even want to do this last one, but I think he was contractually obligated. <laughs> Which upsets me because I feel like he's a really great Bond. He's the only, well, I mean, I saw a, one of the Pierce Brosnan ones and it felt corny. But then with Daniel Craig, it feels very authentic. And I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, they tried. Well, there was to... only one good Brosnan one. <laughs> Which one was I, I've Golden Eye? Golden Eye. Okay, I never saw. I saw, what was the one with. Um, Tomorrow no, never dies. I saw the one with with uh, Holly, Holly Berry. Berry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that was uh, Die Another Day. I don't know. I saw it in theaters long ass time ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was uh, that the one where they drive across the ice? Yes, I didn't see the one where they drive across. So I, I think that seen. was that was the one with uh, Terry. That was... Wait, was she in that? No, she was in um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a kid. I saw that one in theaters. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, uh, so if anyway. this was a movie podcast, that'd be a very interesting topic. Then who should be the next Bond? But this is not a yeah. Well, they've I don't know who the guy was. They've talked about. There's somebody that they've Idris Elba. Oh, uh, uh, there was some like some young black white lady. guy I saw. Um, which yeah, I didn't. I was like, why? Well, Robert no, Pattinson. I don't know. Be. Robert Pattinson. They they mentioned him. I think Robert Pattinson's gonna try to play all the roles that, <laughs> like everyone's like, no, why? <laughs> so he's already got Batman. He's yeah, got that locked I think up. He's gonna be a good Batman. <laughs> I'm looking forward. He's to that. gonna want to play Bond. He's gonna want to play Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> Next thing we know, he's gonna be John McClane. Get the Kai isn't there a new one of the? Okay, let me stop. Let me stop because there's a new one coming out, and that yeah, really irks me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, I was looking for the producer of the year. Wait, I just saw it. I I scrolled right past it. Here we go. Producer of the year, non classical. <clears throat> we got Jack Antonoff. Uh, because of Cardigan. Might be his <laughs> award to lose. <laughs> Dan Auerbach. Uh, are you familiar with this guy? Yeah, he's uh he is in the white not the white stripes the um black keys. Okay, Dave Cobb. Not familiar with him, but nope. he's at Jason Isbell, so he probably does, and John Prine. So yeah, and Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah, so he does a lot of uh, uh, traditional country. That's All what right. that stuff is. Yeah, 
Flying Lotus. Oh, he, he did Thundercats uh, album. Okay, I was trying to think of like what else has Flying Lotus done besides his own album. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what they have listed under the Thundercat album. All right, and Andrew Watt. Oh snap! This is the guy that okay. Ooh, he did Midnight Sky, which is a killer Miley Cyrus track. Um, that just came out not too long ago. Has a lot of um, very reminiscent of um, Edge of Seventeen by Stevie okay. Nicks. Okay. Um, then he did Break My Heart, which has such a good bass line. <laughs> Whoever played bass on that Dua Lipa album it was solid. It was a computer. I hope not. It was, <laughs> it was so solid. And I wouldn't be surprised because I've heard what you can do with bass midi right now and it's scary. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, let's look at the well that's enough on the on the Grammys um, I don't care who wins I haven't watched it in several years uh, Shamika's gonna win <laughs> Sh- that, I, I, I want to see that I want to see Shamika win goes to Shamika. Fiona Apple for Shamika? Shamika no someone's gonna pronounce it wrong Shamika 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 and the word goes to Shamika for Fiona Apple <laughs> I mean Fiona Apple for Sh- which is it <laughs> Um. All right. Just woke up. You're white. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All so right. Uh, let's look at the Billboard Hot 100 top 10 songs. Now, number one is still "Mood" by 24K Golden featuring Ian Dior. Um, it's one of those really poppy songs with guys who don't look that way. Yeah. That's what sells now. Number two, jumping up from number 94, (laughs) Therefore I Am by Billie Eilish. Jesus. I guess the new album's coming. I I didn't know the old one had already come. I didn't. That would explain the random action figures of Billie Eilish I saw on Target. What? Yeah. Okay. Right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. The merchandising's coming back. Were there any lunchboxes? I uh, didn't see any lunchboxes. <laughs> um, num- <laughs> number three, uh, Positions by Ariana Grande. I Great think song. she's sexually frustrated. Yeah. She's not playing coy anymore. Did her grandmother pass away or something? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I don't... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I did not hear anything um, of that sort. Okay. But. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I thought it, I thought you might have said something like another. She broke up with a boyfriend or something. These, but These Billie Eilish action figures are creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> They've got one with her with like wings. <laughs> this is so weird. Who's selling this shit? Target. <laughs> Twenty bucks. No thanks. <laughs> you yeah, know, you got... know who's probably bought like ten of them? Who? <laughs> Drake. Does he like Billie Eilish like that? Yeah. Like they they text back and forth. Is she of age? Because you know he has that thing going. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Is she of age? I don't know because he was so into Millie Bobby Brown and. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown still not of age. Yeah, no, yeah. that's why we had to back off because we were getting wise. Uh, she is. <laughs> she spoke up. <laughs> Billie Eilish is eighteen. 
Jesus, Drake. Oh, shit. I thought she was going to be older. <laughs> I thought she was like 21. 22. Well, I did yeah. until you said she was cool but, with Drake. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was 14. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, she is. She is um, 18. Anyway, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown, I think she's like 16. So even weirder. Anyway, number four is I Hope by Gabby Barrett featuring Charlie Puth. Number five, Laugh Now, Cry Later by the aforementioned Drake, featuring Lil Dirk. Number six, Holy by Justin Bieber featuring Chance the Rapper. Um, the video is so unrealistic. It had Justin Bieber working uh, construction, and he was the smallest guy on the construction crew. <laughs> uh, number seven, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. He'll be performing halftime at the Super Bowl, um, and he doesn't have to worry about a Grammy outfit. Uh, number eight Lemonade by Internet Money and Gunna featuring Don Tolliver and Nav number nine Dakiti by Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez and number ten Pop Smoke featuring Lil Baby and The Baby for the night I think that's from his album Uh, the Billboard 200 these are the albums Uh, number one ACDC Power up. Interesting. Debuting at number one. Yeah, I heard they were coming up with something new. Uh, debuting at number two, Pluto and Baby Pluto by Future and Lil Uzi Vert. Remember I said that like if the if Future's last album flopped, he would come out with another one in like six months. <laughs> I think this was what two months. He <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. beat it. <laughs> uh, number three, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Number four, Positions by Ariana Grande. Number five, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Number six, What You See is What You Get by Luke Combs. Mm. Number seven, Legends Never Die by Juice <clears throat> World. Number eight, and it jumped up from number 36. I don't know why, but Greatest Hits by Queen. Uh, number nine, Fuck Love by <laughs> The Kid Leroy. And number 10, Debuting at number 10, Until I Returned by Youngboy NBA. Didn't he just come out with an album? I don't know. Rappers nowadays are like, they just, they. I feel like they live in the studio or like they just have a mic by their bed. <laughs> they just buy beats and just rap Yeah, all the time. So we'll look at the Artist 100 that came out with an album. So they're number one, ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, he also came out with an album, Chris Stapleton. Number three, Ariana Grande, who was number one last week. Number four, Luke Combs. Number five, BTS. Number six, Billie Eilish. Number seven, Harry Styles. Number eight, he was unranked last week, Future. Number nine, he was unranked last week, Lil Uzi Vert. And number 10, Pop Smoke. Um... Matt, do you remember the rules of being on the Artist 100? Mm, like our no, rules? No, I don't, actually. <laughs> uh, well, it com- We kind of made them up. <laughs> <laughs> the official rules are a combination of album sales, radio airplay, and social media presence, as far as like how people are talking about your social media. Uh, our rules are uh, you come out with an album or you die. Okay. That's how you get in the top 10. <laughs> Come with an album or you die. 
um, unless you're BTS because they are oh, whatever yeah. they're they're around. <laughs> they're just yeah. around all the time. Um, oh, I I didn't look where a Fleetwood Mac was this week. I'm sure that trend died down weeks ago though. Oh right, I forgot about that whole thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it it was up to number twelve. The song "Dreams" was up to number twelve on the Hot 100 though. Um, okay. do y'all want to talk about the AMAs? I didn't watch it. I did. I did not watch it. All right, let's just move on. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ben, let's get to your earworm of the week. All right. So my earworm is with all this Neil Soul I've been listening to, they suggested I listen to her. Um, I think that's how you say it. That's how I'm going to say it. Yes. And um, this song is called Sometimes, and it's really good. I I felt like she was like a better SZA. So no, no offense to SZA, like she's ever going to hear this. But, yeah, I, I really dig this song. So this is Sometimes by hmm. her, and we'll be right back. Sometimes it don't go your way Sometimes you gotta Sometimes Sometimes it don't go your way Sometimes, sometimes You gotta That is Sometimes by Her. Right now, it is a new single, or one of her new singles. Yeah, I remember also I found it on, so I know I talked, I can't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before where I was talking about finding more R&B songs with guitar solos. Yeah. This was on a, someone made a playlist, and there's a really kick-ass solo at the end of it. Um, that and, God, what's the song? There's another song by Lionel Richie that Steve Lukather plays on. Hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but like he does this amazing solo. But yeah, this one, I remember this was on that list along with some Isley Brothers, which I know you suggested. Um, a lot of their songs are very guitar heavy, but um, man, I love, she's got a great voice. She's a good singer. Yeah, um, I've, I've been seeing for a while um, 
sponsored posts on Instagram, mm-hmm. not about getting Grammy nominations, not lately, <laughs> but about um, she's, uh, I think she either has her own guitar or she's being endorsed by really? Fender. Okay. Um, and she was like doing a like kind of like a live rooftop concert kind of thing. Nice. And um, I didn't even know she played guitar until I saw that. And I know this is going to sound elitist, but I'll say it. But I wish there were more R&B artists that played instruments. Like, I just, I think it's cool. I I don't know. Like, I I like R&B singer-songwriters. It is. Because R&B artists, a lot more R&B artists have to, are, are being marketed like rappers. Yeah. And That's why you hear sad. you hear something like Trey Song saying the hardest nigga in R and B. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask for that. No, we did not. <laughs> we did not. What does that even mean? <laughs> you gonna sing somebody to death? Because everybody wants to be a Chris Brown, <laughs> who thinks he's a who's like I'm a rapper, then I'm a singer, then I'm a rapper. And now I'm, I'm tatted up and I got like braids in my hair and yeah. But Whatever. yeah, that's just, but I mean, there is an audience for that. You know, there is, there is a niche and there's enough people out there like that, that I like that kind of fill my, cause I like both, but there's enough and I dig that. And now because you said that I'm going to look into it now, her, her rooftop concert. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or just look up the commercial. I don't know if there was, if it was a full con, it might've just been a commercial. Gotcha. I'm not sure. But it, she had a band behind her. Even Before better. Before the commercial. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a full show anywhere. But Ripping yeah. off the Beatles, even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we started this program, this particular episode, <laughs> with the song uh, Eyes Without a Face by one Billy Idol. And uh, we're going to be discussing his album Rebel Yell. Um, trying to think of, because this was like a month ago where I thought of... <laughs> talking about this particular album. So one of the things you mentioned, and this is something, so when I'm listening to it, I thought about a lot, was how much synth was used on that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess as I, one of the, my first impressions of it is, I guess it was not as heavy as I thought it would be or as rock as I thought it would be. Because I know we're talking about the 80s. So, you know, yeah. outside of, you know, some of the, you know, outside of like Ozzy or maybe like, you know, Metallica, um, it this isn't like a metal album, but I guess I thought just based on Rebel Yell that it was probably heavier than it was. You know, it mm. sounds more like it sounds like a pop rock album. You know, it sounds like something you would hear on the radio today. And I guess I, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I just it kind of changed how I looked at Billy Idol <laughs> for for <laughs> really? better or worse. It just changed. I mean, it's not in a bad way, you know. The songs are pretty good, um, and they're definitely rock songs. But like, he has a very—I feel like he had a very edgy image. Like, he's in leather. He's got the the spiked kind of spiked out hair, um, and you know, listening to Rebel Yell, like all these, you know, the the guitar work. And there wasn't as much guitar work on the album as I thought there would be. A lot of really clean, chorusy guitar, for the most part, and. So just it wasn't the album I thought it was, I guess. Yeah, um, I was the. I think the way that I came upon this is that um, uh, 
I was reading something about Keith Forsey, who produced the album. He's credited as the sole producer. Uh, and he had, I think, okay, I know, okay, I know I was looking at it now. He had co-written <laughs> Flashdance, What a Feeling, from Flashdance, and won an Oscar for it. Oh, wow, didn't know that. Uh, with Giorgio Moroder and Irene Cara. And um, he ended up doing more, that led to more soundtrack work. He did Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, The NeverEnding Story, and The Breakfast Club. And he wrote Don't You Forget About Me uh, for Simple Minds. Simple Minds didn't write that? No, they did not. <laughs> explains why you don't know any other songs but them. <laughs> um, and I think I, I looked, well, I was, I was reading about Don't You Forget About Me also and if you watch the movie the breakfast club mm -hmm. at the very beginning you hear that song it's like an instrumental or something it's the original demo oh wow okay and it sounds uh it well I, he I, he he'd written the song with simple minds in mind okay uh. um and then they did their own thing with it. And because at the time they were focused on uh, making arena rock. Mm -mm. So that's why the, the song sound. If you listen to his original demo, their version sounds much bigger mm -hmm. because that's what they were doing at the time. Nice. So so Keith Forsey uh, <clears throat> is the, the guy behind making uh, Rebel Yell uh, the helping make the sound that it was because to me like it sounded very polished yeah very polished maybe overproduced i i don't, I don't have anything to compare it to really but i thought <laughs> you might think it's overproduced but if you like that kind of thing i love overproduced <laughs> yes um and as far as like this is like where rock and new wave crossed paths and you know it's right in the middle of the new wave um uh, era as far I guess as far as the early 80s mm -hmm. um, so and then I listened to some songs and I wonder like is this really a rock album because <laughs> I it it didn't seem that way um, they used the drum machine which I feel like disqualifies it but <laughs> <laughs> maybe but it was the 80s me. yeah um, uh, <laughs> and it's really just you know these three guys uh, Keith Forsey Billy Idol and Steve Stevens doing everything i mean i think they had some uh, had some other guys work on the album of course but mm -hmm. you know they put this together and and it's considered a rock album but it doesn't i don't know it it it, it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like that but i agree with the, the more of a pop rock album um than, See, i think than it's anything. i think it's a pretty rock album for its time yeah, and that's how I kind of yeah. try to think of it. But while well, I felt like I was really loud there, <laughs> no, <you're> sorry. <laughs> no, but no, I, I, yeah, I totally feel like we have to think of it in like 1983 terms. You know, like would they have yeah. would this have scared parents in 1983? I, personally, yeah, I think it would have. <laughs> yeah, and I will say like the title track "Rebel Yell" is very raucous. Like that's a that is a balls out rock song. Yeah. Well, I I, I guess I was looking at it like overall. Um, because there are a couple of ballads on here, which um, I guess normally, I, I guess I don't think, I wouldn't think that you would have more than one ballad on a rock album. 
Well, on a hair metal, album. Right, on hair metal, <laughs> is there more than one? Because I know, like the the, I don't the ballad know. I mean, is the single. The, the yeah. ballad will be a single. Yeah. But is there more than one of those? <laughs> I've never listened to a full. I like. I don't even. What was, um, what's coming he, home. I don't know what album that was on. What's even a full but hair metal album worth listening to? <laughs> Doctor Feelgood is that an album or is that just a single? <laughs> I think uh, that's the album. Or girls, girls, girls. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I listened to Native Tongue by Poison, but. You know, that was Ooh. different directions. So <laughs> uh, so this was Billy Idol's second album as a solo artist. Um, he had, everyone knows the song uh, Dancing With Myself, but that was on the previous album. Uh, no, that was with the band, um, his band uh, Gen X. Yeah, the before was white, um, the self-titled white with White Wedding. Yeah, with White Wedding. Uh, and Moni Moni was on there, too, I think. I don't think so. I don't think Moni Moni. No, no. Moni Moni was on an EP, I think. Yeah, it was. Or a demo or something. Um, The weird thing that I saw with the the first, with Billy, is his self-titled album. The, the cover that I saw was him wearing, like, a leather vest. But mm-hmm. then there's the uh, original mm-hmm. one is he's wearing this, I guess, silk shirt but it's like tied at the bottom mm-hmm. um I, I guess not something you'd normally see of like if this guy's going to be a rock star i don't think he would wear a shirt like that <laughs> <laughs> um if anyone sees it, just look at just look up billy idol self-titled album cover and not the one with the leather vest there's another um cover i thought that was weird well what's funny mm-hmm. is i think i've seen a live video of eyes without a face where he's wearing a shirt like that uh it, it was a live performance i think yeah um i don't know if it was back in like in the 80s that i that it was like recorded or if it was a more recent one but I, I, like the shirt you're talking about i'm pretty sure i've seen him wear that on multiple occasions <laughs> like, live videos um all right well i guess that's just his thing um, <laughs> so I do have a question for you, Matt, because you int- essentially introduced me to this album, believe it or not. Um, really? Yeah, I never really paid attention to Billy Idol, but really before <laughs> A, I met you, or B, when we started playing it. That's why I didn't really know the song you know, that well. Okay. So what drew you to this album? Because I've always been, so one thing I've always been curious about, you know, with you as a musician, and if you don't know this, Matt's a really good guitar player. Um, I always imagine you being drawn more to guitar-driven music. Am I off yeah. base here? No, you're not. Okay. Um, I mean, Rebel Yell, the song itself, is really drew me to the album. Um, but I will say what kept me going through was definitely Eyes Without a Face and Flesh for Fantasy. I think Flesh for Fantasy is my favorite song on the album. Okay. Um, but it's like... I think a lot of it had to also do with my sisters because they loved billy idol so like i was introduced to him <laughs> really young gotcha and so fans like that or my sister like i'd hear my sisters listen to him all the time it's just like i just naturally get drawn to that so billy idol in excess duran duran okay Hesh mode like all those types all those bands my sisters love so which are bands i, I know that you love <laughs> i'm like really into those bands so it's interesting, I because I, I shared that I guess with you as well because there are a lot of groups, R and B singers, groups and stuff. My sister was into <laughs> when I was young, 
same thing. How and your sisters? I know they're all older. How old is your oldest? Is that, that's Amy, right? Uh, she's the oldest. Amy, yeah, she's. I think she's twelve years older than me. Ten years older than me. Okay, Something so like that. about the same, about in line with my sister. So okay, that's yeah. cool. But yeah, I never really knew this song. <laughs> I mean, like I knew it, but like I never like listened to it. Oh. <laughs> so I just knew the chorus, but I didn't know anything else. You know, because that's yeah, just like you know. I'm a big fan of well, because then you know, once we started playing it, I started looking up like videos and stuff on it, and and Steve Stevens has a bunch of tutorial videos on how to play the song, how he got some of the sounds that he did, like that weird mm -hmm. little -na 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 thing in the solo. Yeah, yeah, is a toy ray gun that he just holds up to his guitar, and that's what it sounds like. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it, it sounded like 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 some kind of like gun. electronic. Like like some like laser toy. I know it, yeah. it sounded like that to me. So it's interesting you mentioned that because as I'm listening to it, I was wondering how he was getting some of these sounds. And I just, I assumed it was like a digital whammy bar, but I didn't know if those existed back then. So right. <laughs> I was like, clearly it's got to be a digiwham, but I was like, did that, did that technology exist back then? Or did he just have a really loose, like, you know, tremolo bar? <laughs> right. Yeah, I no, didn't know. Cheap ass. I, I think he said he bought it at like a dollar store or something. Nice. <laughs> and it's, yeah, he just holds it up to the pickup. Kind of like the whole drill thing that Van Halen did. Yeah. So, yeah, Van Halen did that at idea. the end of, um, God, what was it? Uh, Running with the Devil on mm, that solo. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's funny you mention that because the other thing I thought about as well is, um, the old adage that used to go around that all guitar players in the 80s were just imitating Eddie Van Halen in his tone. <laughs> and I hear some of the influence and I'm trying to think of like, you know, if the, if Steve Stevens and Eddie Van Halen were contemporaries or if, or, you know, how long, I don't, cause I don't know a ton about Steve Stevens. How much longer had he been playing before this album? That I don't know. Cause I'm wondering if like, was he, in, was he like, you know, Hey, I'm influenced by him or, I'm competing with him, you know? Well, this was um, this was probably one of the first ones uh, that he had worked on, one of the first albums he had worked on. Uh, that looks like the earliest, because he, he worked, well, he worked with them on the self-titled one, and he was only 23 at the time. Mm. And you know what? I hear it. I hear it. He played this. It looks like he played the solo on Dirty Diana. Yes. I yes, didn't. Did. Oh. I I didn't know that. But when I heard that sound, it sounded like that. But then you know, a lot of guitar players in the '80s sounded the same. You know, it's funny is I didn't know that he played that. And when I heard it, because I knew that it wasn't mm -hmm. Van Halen, so I was like, oh, they got some chump who wanted to just sound <laughs> like Van Halen. <laughs> like every time I would hear that solo, I was like, oh, this guy just wants to be Van Halen. <laughs> uh, he also did the uh, lead guitar for the theme to Top Gun. Like the Top Gun anthem. Which, in those early days of Napster, was always attributed to Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> those early days of Napster, man. Um, so, I guess to kind of keep it going here, I will say, so, in listening to this, and of course, you know, my first time through, um, I will say, so the song Blue Highway, I, I thought that was a single, it sounded familiar. I right. did really like that song. It has a nice, and that's one of the things I did like about it. The songs that were rock songs were very, very driving rock songs. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't, as Chad Kroger said once, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just add to it. 
Um, and I felt he, like that he, he kind of did that. that. Yeah, he, he told. And this was before they got famous. <laughs> this was back when like Leader of Men came out, and like people were still like, "Who? What is this Canadian Nirvana?" <laughs> and um, but yeah, like I felt like the songs were kind of straightforward. Um, but tracks like this were where he had like you know a lot of synth, of course, but like some really good guitar work. Um. And I just it you know just I ended up like adding this one to like my like list like I, I like this song. <laughs> yeah, the little synth part after the solo in Rebel Yell is probably one of my favorite synth lines. Nice. No, that's is a beautiful synth line. With you mean like where it kind of breaks down? Yeah, we're like yeah, yeah. That one I really like that. No, it's good stuff. But yeah, let's just like you know it's just it's he's not like they're not reinventing the wheel here. It's just like good. Like, this is stuff that you can play at a concert and everyone mm-hmm. can kind of have fun. And I do think some of the stuff, because I have seen his storytellers, translates okay. well to storytellers. Um, and so, question, is that Steve Stevens playing the storyteller gigs as well? I haven't seen those, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, whoever, I didn't see that one. Black whoever's Air. playing with them is Early really Black good. Air. I think he did have that. Kind of looked like the guy from Toto. Oh, no, this guy, I think this guy had longer hair. I don't know. Like he kind of yeah, I mean, does have long hair. He long almost ring. looked like um, Nikki Six almost. That might have been him. I think that might have been him. Um, yeah, it probably was. Uh, from what I saw, like since '99 ish, mm-hmm. Steve Stevens has been his guitar player. Oh, then like, it probably was him. Yeah. And he does this. He did this really great intro to the song because it's all acoustic, you know. And he does this really amazing intro, and <laughs> I just remember because this was early when I, you know, first started playing guitar. I just remember being blown away that someone could be this good. <laughs> like I could not believe it. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that like kind of drew me to talking about this album, also um, not only with Keith Forsey producing it is I was thinking about like the early days of MTV mm-hmm. and the, the the artists who really took advantage of it. And one of the first people I thought of was Billy Idol. Like yeah. he was, yeah. they brought him on the channel to like, okay, we're going to play this music for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hosting for the next hour or something like that. And I don't know if he played just his stuff or <laughs> if he played anybody <laughs> else, but <laughs> Um, he was one of the the first artists that um, that I I can I would think of as far as using MTV as um, uh, a mark as for marketing or for branding or mm-hmm. you know to kind of boost his own profile. And mm-hmm. I always associate Billy Idol with early MTV and helping to make it as popular as it was. And I'd he had. Uh, the music that he had, and this is, you know, when um, when White Wedding was in heavy rotation um, and then Rebel Yells in heavy rotation that he he got that it got that exposure and kind of became a big star, even though I think Rebel Yell sold two million copies. But I mean, Double Platinum is still really good mm-hmm. 
uh, I thought it I thought it sold more, but um, but still the album is very. The music was accessible, even with this edgy image that he appeared to have. Mm-hmm. It still sounded accessible, and um, he he I think he became like a a teen idol, um, in a way that you don't really expect from someone in that genre. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, because like he was there you he was he was referencing some eighties movies and how i guess how he was looked at and how he dressed and you know he became uh the imagery became like just as important as whatever music he was putting out and that was kind of the what made me think of like like far as looking at this album because that's when it kind of this is where it took off for him mm-hmm. this is his magnum opus or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um and i was reading some uh, i i didn't see the storytellers but i see did see his behind the music he had a behind the music yeah Ooh, i didn't see that <laughs> um and i don't know when i think the behind the music was probably made like 2000 2001 at the latest like 2003 uh but i've realized that with behind the music they leave a lot of stuff out because they want to focus on like, okay, he started here and then here's this rise and his biggest hit. And then this happened and it's either like a drug overdose <laughs> or a motorcycle accident or wow. they shot somebody. <laughs> it's, it's always like they got to, they got to really hit you with that tragic event. And for him, it was a motorcycle accident. I did um, not know that. Me either. Because with the, I think it happened in like 1990, 91, he had a motorcycle accident. And so for the song Cradle of Love, you see him like like in the frames, in the paintings. Mm-hmm. And they, he was only shot from the waist up because he had like a broken leg and he couldn't, of course, he couldn't move around. But oh. that was that was the tragic event. <laughs> um, <clears throat> nearly cost him a leg, it says. Yeah. Yeah. It was nearly amputated. Um, Damn. Yeah, because he I think it was with whichever album, one of his albums that um, like the album was done and people were celebrating. He's like, I just want to go home. And he's like, you know what? I actually want to hear what the album sounds like now. So he, then he went back to the studio and that's when you had the accident. Mm-hmm. At least that's what the story looked like, is according to behind the music. Um, another. uh Starting, we started the program with Eyes Without a Face, and I don't know about y'all, this song doesn't make any sense to me, but <laughs> I feel like that's, like, in the 80s, like, very few songs, like, I'm not expecting to have, like, some, like, major meaning about life or something philosophical, um, but it's, it was, I mean, it sounds like a ballad, but I have no idea what this song is about. And he borrowed the line "Eyes without a face" from um, some French film. Les yeux, les yeux sans visage, which means which is eyes without a face. Yeah, les yeux is uh, is eyes, sans is without, and visage is face. Honors French, baby. What's up? Uh. Um, still not fluent. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
So I'm looking at these lyrics. So let's see here. Let's see. I'm on Genius right now. No one has Genius the first verse, but they did Genius the second verse. But I'm all out of, I thought that said dope. I'm all out of hope. One more bad dream could bring a fall. When I'm far from home, don't call me on the phone to tell me you're alone. It's easy to deceive. It's easy to tease, but hard to get release. Sounds like a breakup, maybe. I don't know. I mean, more than likely, it's probably all about cocaine. <laughs> uh, I would, I would agree with you there. <laughs> the eighties, eighties, <laughs> eyes without a face. So that is, that is like, that's a creepy thought, though. Like, I don't want to think about that. And that, that's how the dude from um, Pants Labyrinth looked. <laughs> Obscure. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it doesn't. I mean, Steve Stevens helped write it and Billy Idol. I just imagine like the, <laughs> I heard uh, Lemmy say once, like, don't overthink it. It's just rock and roll. Yeah. Like, that's probably what some of these songs are. Like, oh, don't overthink it. It's just rock and roll. And I also didn't realize he was British, but I guess I should have realized he was British. Oh, you didn't know that? I sort of. I, mean, I had an inkling. <laughs> you didn't know that Billy Idol was British? I, I had an inkling, but you never I, saw The Wedding Singer. I was about to no, say. I've never seen The Wedding Singer. I yeah, I, everyone gives me that look. <clears throat> Is he in The Wedding Singer? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's he's in The Wedding Singer. That movie takes place in the eighties, right? Yes. Okay. Maybe I'll go. Well, I have to work Friday, but maybe I'll watch it Saturday <laughs> <laughs> if I can find it. I'm not gonna pay for it. I'll see if I can find it for free somewhere. Pretty. Sh- it's probably on Netflix since he has. I that feel deal. like he is. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I forgot. He is. Uh, he's making movies and fighting around the world. <laughs> uh, well, at least it's on TBS. So, but I don't want to watch it edited. So, we'll, f- we'll we'll figure that out, and I'll report next time we record. <laughs> okay. If I've seen it. There's also a musical. There we, is. We made. Uh, it, they made it there. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a musical version of The Wedding Singer. It has um you guys remember Stephen Lynch? Yeah. I do, yeah. Yeah, he plays the uh What's he, he a plays, comedian? He plays Robbie. He's yeah. a singing comedian though, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me I don't know who else is in it. Yeah, I remember him. I don't know if people even thought it was any good. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Um another song that kind of stuck out to me was Flesh for Fantasy. That's why I, I, I also thought of like, uh, can you have two ballad sounding mm-hmm. ballad sounding songs on a rock album? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yes. <laughs> but um, this song, I guess maybe it's a syntax thing. Um. This song didn't make sense to me either. There's that chorusy guitar <laughs> that I don't hate. Don't get me wrong. I love chorusy guitars, but yeah, it's the and it was the '80s. Everyone was using chorus. Did I ever tell you? I feel like I've told you about um, the story about why '80s songs sound the way they do, like What's or that? at least you know the the popular ones with like that glassy sound, the very lots of high end. You did, but yes, please share, because this is a good story. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Um, son of a bitch. He's the band leader on James Corden. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Reggie Watts? 
Yes, Reggie Watts. So he was on Joe Rogan. They were talking about stuff, and he was talking about these like studio monitors he had been trying to find forever that are like these Yamaha things. Anyway, his thing was be, like a lot of songs in the 80s sound the way they do with the glassy guitars, the high end, and like the very polished sound is because that frequency of sound is extremely pleasant to the ear when you're hopped up on cocaine. <laughs> so all these engineers and the and you know the producers and the people mastering like they're all fucking coked out of their mind mixing all these <laughs> songs and so they all end up sounding that way. <laughs> okay, I want to yeah. know who did the experiment <laughs> <laughs> to figure Reggie that out. Did one on his own. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Reggie Watts what he looks like. His long hair, huge oh. beard. Didn't yeah. he do that song "Sunshine" with Flight? Um, with Flight Facilities, yeah. He's a he's the band leader. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That guy's funny. He did a he did that cover of Panama that you showed me, where he's like citing he just, facts about Panama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like instead of singing the song, that was hilarious. <laughs> we could all try this. We could. I'm play, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. We're not gonna. We don't. Yeah, we're not gonna do no. that. But no, I, I, so this is another song I do, I do like as well. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the guitar work. I love the guitar work on this. There's a lot of good synth work too, but I do love the guitar work. Although I'm not always sure at certain points, what is guitar? Because he gets some interest, he gets some sounds out of it that I'm just like, is that a guitar? Like it sounds like a guitar, but then it does something that like the, like what I said, like that has to be a digital whammy bar. I don't know how he's getting certain sounds. Like there's one track, and I wish I could remember the name of it, where he's like he's doing that sound, that really bendy digital whammy bar sound with the chorus. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's and I'm just like, how is he doing that? Or is he or is it a synth, you know? But then how good was synth back then to get that sound? I don't know. Like it's some of the guitar work was just kind of a mind fuck for me. It was just I didn't get it. <laughs> Except for the distorted, like, you know, the whammy bar pyrotechnics. I got that stuff. That I understand that. Yeah. Which one is this, this one? Is, is this is uh, catch, catch My yeah. Fall. Okay. I was just looking at I thought I thought it might have been another single. This was the last single off of the album. But I don't know if that's where you heard that might might have heard that sound. No, I think the where I heard it was um I know it wasn't daytime drama because I love the bass line on daytime drama. Um, actually, maybe was one it of, stand in the shadows? Maybe. No, because it was it was. Um, I can't remember, and I'm not going to waste my time trying to <laughs> wait our waste our time trying to figure it out because we can talk about well research topics. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While I'm sitting here, just like I can't remember. Um, so I will say one thing, just from the standpoint of being a musician who has tried to play this um, play song a song on this album, when I read that they used a drum machine, it made sense why the drum part on Rebel Yell was so hard yet not hard. <laughs> because I was sitting there like, how is he hitting the toms and the snares, the snare at the same time, like flims, like double hits? It's like this, this impossible. Like there have to be overdubs, and then. They're like, oh, we use a drum machine. Like, okay, that makes sense now as to why. But that also makes sense, too, why they don't. And this is going to, I'm going in a direction here. It also makes sense why they don't open up the hi-hats on the on the chorus. <laughs> and it just kind of stays flat. 
which, you know, when I played this with us, Matt, I would open up the hi-hats because I just do that for dynamics. Yeah. But I was like, I would always listen. I'm like, what drummer doesn't open the hi-hats on this one <laughs> to give it a little bit more depth? But it just, just it makes sense. You know? It makes sense. Oh, um... Uh, saxophone solo. That was rock and roll, though, in the 80s. 70s, yes. 80s. I feel like, like yeah. it still kind of is, but like it's 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 like classic it's considered classic rock because not everyone wants guitar solos which i don't let me wrong i like a good guitar solo but i do like a good saxophone solo and i do miss Hell that yeah. saxophone is not seen as much in rock anymore was it and edwin access, mccain the last really one ones. to have a <laughs> mm, unless you count although that was really heavy synth um midnight city by m83 Oh, had yeah, the yeah. Uh, saxophone solo played by the saxophone player from Fitz and the Tantrum, um, who I feel like is just absent in what the, their last two albums. Oh, the um, well, the weekend I think on the song "In Your Eyes" from this album, it had Kenny G. Oh, nice! That's awesome. nice. <laughs> I know the 1975 just had a saxophone solo in one of their songs, but. They're imitating the 80s, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're going for, I mean, not this type of sound. They're going for more new wave, although there's a lot of new wave elements in this. But, um, no, I was pleasantly surprised to hear a saxophone solo, out of, just kind of out of the blue, um, because the, the album was so synth and guitar heavy. But it fits right along there in the early 80s. is 83, where, you know, you're coming out of the 60s and the 70s, where the saxophone was actually, you know, still a pretty big part of rock music, so. That was, it, it caught me off guard, but it wasn't surprising, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this uh, album was um, recorded on Chrysalis Records. Which also stood out to me. <laughs> it took me like 15 years to find out how that was actually pronounced, because I had seen that uh, that name a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there were issues with this album being released uh, as far as creative control, it says he he battled with Chrysalis Records over his creative control and decided to steal the master tapes. And then Keith Forsey said in an interview that Billy Idol actually stole the wrong tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like that should be an episode one day about master tapes, master recordings. Yeah. Um, because it kind of goes back to what Matt talked about earlier in this episode with her re-recording everything, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. that's a big deal to some people, you know, to have your master recordings. So much that Billy Idol tried to steal them. Um, yep. It's a big deal, and you don't own them unless your contract says you do. And it's a, it's a, it's a big sticking point for artists who early in their career, I made this comment on Reddit to somebody in, the, in a thread about Taylor Swift, Every artist has a did you read your contract moment. Yeah. Yep. You know, which and it and I really I really started like I thought about it all the time, you know, really with, you know, the Google Dolls first contract as well as TLC's first contract, which they were both majorly screwed over. Um, but I really thought about it from the new edition episode where Ricky it was Ricky Bell who essentially not Ricky Bell, um Michael Bivens. Michael Bivens. Who, you know, he's a, he's a guy who kind of he figured it out. Yeah. Like their contract sucked. But rather than like get mad, he got savvy. <laughs> yeah. 
And whether he went and got a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) And so it made, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's just like, you know, and everyone's like, you know, she should have known better. She didn't, she wasn't some little indie artist that didn't know what she was doing. Her father had money. He bought part of her, you know, record company and stuff like that. And, and it's just such an interesting, so to hear that, you know, Billy Idol back in the eighties, stealing his masters, it's like, this is a tale as old as time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the artists that want to keep those master tapes. Another, uh, it also made me think of um, when Dr. Dre left Death Row. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suge Knight was telling him, like, well, I'm not, you're not getting any money. Uh, you're not getting any unreleased stuff. Uh, but he got the masters for all the stuff that he had already done i mean as far as like anything that had been released or whatever mm-hmm. he got the masters for that he's like i'm leaving with my masters i don't care about the money or any <laughs> of that i'm leaving with my masters so he was able to do that that was the important thing and suge knight probably didn't understand <laughs> what, he, no was what he was talking about he's <laughs> like you want some tapes dog come on maybe take them like it's it is literally a tell as old as time <laughs> and i think it'd be a very interesting topic to look at um because I know one of the other things, too, is, you know, as much as we kind of bemoan Soldier Boy and all of his contributions or lack thereof. Some, somehow he still has money to buy Gucci headbands or. <laughs> because he got his, he has a master's. Because he, he owns all of his stuff. All the, he owns everything and he licensed the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Ringtones. <laughs> um, and he was, you know, one of those artists that, you know, like, I guess. I, I never knew this. He's one of those artists who really like preach that, like own your masters, your master recordings. Well, you uh, see that in um, I, I what I found is the if you ever watch the video for Childish Gambino's "Feels Like Summer," it's a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. It's it's animated and it's uh, it's like basically he's walking down the street, but then all these other artists are in the neighborhood doing things. Um, like I think it was, um. Will Smith is just washing his car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Migos are playing basketball. Uh, but they're the part where Lil Pump and Trippy Red are running across the street. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting down in front of Soldier Boy. And Soldier Boy looks like he's like telling a story <laughs> to Lil Pump huh. and Trippy Red. And, and they were like, yeah, that's Soldier Boy like explaining the game, like what you need to do. To to survive in this game today, especially in the age of the Internet, be rich off of one single. <laughs> yeah. So he's like explaining it to them. And then it was one uh, part where it was like Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa and. I want to say Birdman, but they're all like um uh, dancing like but doing this choreography from like the 70s or something mm-hmm. like like some Jackson 5 stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah if you watch the feels like summer video it's all of these different um it's it's an animated video but all these different uh artists doing different things but there's a reason why they're there like it it actually doesn't mean something mm-hmm. upon further investigation word up um hmm. But yeah, seems very yeah. fitting though, because Dave Chappelle just basically same idea with him in the Chappelle show that he just talked about. Yeah, yeah, with him not getting anything essentially. Yeah, yeah it was and, something you know, in that contract to where Comedy Central owns that. Yeah, and yeah. you can't get anything from it. 
And this, yeah, you, know, you, you have a did you read your contract type moment. And, and in some cases, you, you don't have a choice, you know? Yeah. You, um, and I mean, well, you always have a choice, but it's not a, it's not a choice in the, like a real choice. It's just like, yeah. hey, you can, <laughs> I was like, I, I think I likened it to like, you know, the reason Taylor Swift has all of these things that she has right now is because she signed that contract. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, she's, you know, a high school girl singing about ex-boyfriends and we never hear of her yep. and they find another Taylor Swift. Um, and I don't know, you know, exactly what Billy Idol's situation was in terms of like, you know, why he wanted to, you know, steal the masters or what the the issue was. I mean, what was what would he so creative control like, you know, exactly. I, I, you always hear about, you know, one one story famously about Eminem where they're like, we don't hear a my name is. Is that the creative control? Like, oh, we don't hear a white wedding. Like, is it? I feel it might it might be something like that. Um, I don't I don't know the exact story, mm-hmm. but that that makes sense if they say we don't hear a single mm-hmm. like with Eminem. We don't hear a my name is. So then he makes uh, a what I am, which that's not a single either. It became a single, <laughs> but that's like that's not the first single that we want either. So he had to make uh, the real Slim Shady. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, and I just couldn't imagine, you know, being in yeah. that because it is a business. Yeah. And they want a single and maybe, you know, you know, and I, I want to think maybe Rebel Yell. He, but I mean, they said, you know, that was that's the title track. And, you know, they got the idea for that from drinking Rebel Rebel Yell whiskey. So, yeah, that might have been the first song they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to wonder, like, what else were they looking for, you know, on on the album? Yeah. Or did they make him write Rebel Yell and make up the story? I, I mean, I doubt that, but. I didn't know they had Rebel Yell whiskey. I always thought Rebel Yell was like a southern thing, which is probably why I thought he was American. Uh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Another question I wanted to ask y'all also is, um, so like I said, the the image part became very important for Billy Idol as far as this album taking off. And it also included, at the time, his girlfriend, Perry Lister. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know that was his girlfriend, but hmm. yeah, at, is <laughs> I want to get your you guys' perspective since y'all are musicians. Do you think that's like too big of a risk to have your significant other all up in the videos <laughs> dancing? No, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but what what do y'all think about about that? About like having someone who's in your life, but being part of like this rise and basically how like your life could change because of how successful everything's been. Hmm. I actually just tried it. Actually, <laughs> I tried to get Kendra to sing backing vocals. <laughs> or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I tried to get her to sing. Um, Cause she always does it. Like when we're just around the house, she'll just start singing backup vocals. I'm like, you're really good at this. You want to sing some backup on something? And no, I'm shy. Okay. I'm going to keep trying, though. <laughs> Matt, would you ever do it? So I I kind of, I feel like it's another one of those you have a choice, but you don't moments. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to. But it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure the backlash of saying no would be worse than just letting it happen. <laughs> do you think when... Um, I, it, it, I go back to the Bill Burr video 
with uh, John Lennon, Chuck Berry, and Yoko Ono. <laughs> That's and, and your statement, Matt, yes. makes me think like the backlash. And maybe John was like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> you can come and sing with me and Chuck, but don't embarrass me. <laughs> yeah. And then she embarrasses him. <laughs> And that's what that makes me, when you said that, like, the backlash is just, just let her, ah, just let her do it. <laughs> um, I found a story here. I've been, like, kind of skimming it uh, with Keith Forsey talking about making the uh, <clears throat> the album, or at least the, the title track. And um, uh, you're talking about, that, like, they didn't have a, there was no drummer. Mm-hmm. And there were no issues with it. There were no issues with not having a drummer, but then as they were recording the album, like, okay, we, we need an actual drummer. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, they found Tommy Price, who was the drummer for what are your favorite bands, Ben Scandal. Really? He played on this? He played on the album. Okay. Hmm. And, um... He put the first thing he played on was Blue Highway. <laughs> that might and be they wild, found like, like they found a drummer. Nice. Uh so then when they recorded um then they recorded Rebel Yell and and everything went from there. So they basically had to steal a drummer <laughs> to make this work. Um I mean that's <laughs> that's as tell that's a tell as old as time too. I mean, you you essentially have like, you know, what, a few drummers playing on everything throughout Mm -hmm. the 90s and the 2000s. And one of those guys was Josh Freeze, who was just (laughs) I used to joke that like he just sits in the studio and And waits (laughs) and just waits (laughs) like he would he would say he played on projects he didn't even know he was on until he heard it on the rec on the radio. And he's like, I played on that like he played on the first Puddle of Mud album. (laughs) He played drums on the first Seether album. The first Evanescence album. <laughs> I think he played on the Can't Get My Head Around You album by um by Offspring. Like just sits there, just waits. <laughs> played on Selena Gomez's first album, just waits. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson's um Thankful. He played on that album. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So yeah, I mean you just it's a few guys. Cause I mean there's only so many people. So it kind of takes me back to another topic we covered, the hired gun episode. Where they said you got to find someone you like, you yeah. know, it's not enough just to be talented. You got to find someone that you can actually be around. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, if it was, touring. yeah, you know, Once at a time. If it was all talent, then I mean, you know, everybody would hire a Steve Vai, but Steve Vai doesn't seem like a cool guy. I don't know why. I get that. You get? I, I was going to ask you. Do you get that vibe? Like he didn't. Yeah. Seems like he kind of be annoying. He's he's pompous. Yeah. Man. Or Ingve yeah, in the eighties. Ugh. <laughs> Ironically, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's ironically, they played in a lot of the same bands. It's like the person who had, they just didn't learn. It's like, man, this Steve Vai guy is kind of a jerk. What do you think about Ingve? <laughs> like, <laughs> they get him like he's a bit, he's a bigger jerk. So, and I mean, and honestly, I you know I didn't really know who Steve Stevens was, and I would have I thought initially I was like, man, this could have been Steve Vai who played on this album, you know, because that's kind of how Steve Vai played, still plays, you know, a lot of times, and he was. You know, he was kind of all over in the 80s, but, you know, he had his own guy who was playing with him all the time. So that's good. You get that consistency. 
which I think is important from song to song and album to album. You get that consistency. Uh, in this article, it's from uh, Mix Online. It's from 2006. But they talked about like base, uh, more about how the title track was made. And um, Steve Stevens was doing solos while Billy wasn't in the studio. And then he would hear one. He's like, oh, I don't like that. Who, Billy or Steven? <laughs> Billy would say he didn't like it. <laughs> so, um, so there, uh, and Keith Forsey is like, you got to keep that. That was good. So, no. Uh, and they go in more in depth about the uh, different kind of microphones were used. Um, what kind of I mean, mic does it say? Uh, well, they said on the solo, uh, Steven says he plays a Kramer guitar possibly a pacer model with a Floyd Rose Trimlo on it. So, and I was going to, okay, so it's been brought up. So I was going to actually talk about that. And I know sometimes we kind of explain these things, but a Floyd Rose is a type of tremolo bar. And, I, and we mentioned earlier, you know, a tremolo bar. It kind of gives it that wah, 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 wah sound. Like if, you know, not an effect or, or so, but like, you know, the tremolo bar. And you can help me out here, Matt, because I feel like I'm going to mess this up. It, um... <laughs> It it will it can lower or um, raise the tone of the guitar, like the actual pitch. Excuse me. Um, and usually, you mostly hear it used if you want to start out lower and raise the pitch. Would you agree? Uh, no, I would say it goes from normal to lower, more often. Yeah, no, not. yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, my bad. Yes, you are right because you can bend up, can't bend down. Yes. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so like I said, I know it's going to screw that up. Um, but the Floyd Roses are more like, they're like floating, and you can bend you can bend the hell out of them, really. Well, um, and they don't, they're, the whole point of them was so that the strings, you they lock at the top of the guitar, mm-hmm. so they don't go out of tune when you go back. Because yeah. it all stretches out, or it, uh, it messes with the tension of the string. So if you're bending that hard when you go back to normal, more often than not, you're way out of tune, but the Floyd Rose was made, was made so that that wouldn't happen. Exactly. Very popular in the eighties. Um, I don't, I don't really see a lot of people use them nowadays though. Cause they're a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I know they've got like the fine tuners at the bottom and then you got to yeah. lock them at the top. And I, I mean, unless you are uh, like, you know, a musician that either has money or, you know, you've made it and you can have people do this for you. Like once you set a Floyd Rose to a certain tuning, you're not going to be able to change that tuning in the middle, like in between songs. You need another guitar. You know what? Like, then? If, you're in, if you're in standard, mm-hmm. you're in standard forever. You, unless you start <laughs> taking it apart and redoing it. Because didn't you have like, to use like an Allen wrench to tighten the things at the top? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I remember. So this makes more sense then because I've never owned a Floyd Rose guitar. Um the um the automatic drop D, there was something that you could, an attachment you could put on your Floyd Rose that Eddie Van Halen was advertising that you just click it and it you, it puts you in drop D automatically with a Floyd Rose. And I used to wonder, like, it's not that hard to do. Now that makes sense. I didn't realize, like, there was, you know, but yeah, you got to use an Allen wrench and yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, you're right. I, I why would you play one? <laughs> <laughs> And then Neil Sean put one, the guitar player from Journey, he has a custom line of Les Pauls with Floyd Rose tremolo bars. Like they hollow out the, you know, where the bridge is for the, it's the weirdest looking thing. Oh, that, 
That is so you can bend the whammy bar the other direction and make the pitch go up. Yeah. Okay. Which Steve Vai does a lot. Yeah. Always looks like he's going to break his guitar. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I thought he was on this album. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with Kramer guitars, though. I don't think I'm. Familiar. I know the name. I just I don't I don't think I've ever played one. So uh, it also says here they it was mic'd with a combination of a Shore 57 and a Newman 87, okay. and played through an unmodified Marshall late 60s Plexi non-master volume. Just turn the thing up as loud as you can. That's what they said. <laughs> and a vintage yeah. Marshall cabinet with 25 watt Celestians in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, with the the intro to Rebel Yell, um, I think a lot of people thought that was a keyboard, mm-hmm. but that is Stevens on the guitar. And it's a killer um, intro. He wanted to emulate keyboard parts on the guitar because he was tired of hearing keyboard riffs in the beginning <laughs> of songs at the time. <laughs> and he said, with the right riff and a little gated reverb, he succeeded. He said, it's a finger pick thing, and that came, believe it or not, from listening to things like, is that Leo Kotke? Oh, yeah, Leo Kotke. Great guitar player. <laughs> he mostly plays um, vinyl string guitars. So he got that from him. Um, yeah, it took three days to record. Um, oh, and with the, 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 the tape heist, um, <laughs> uh, when Forsey learned of the heist, he had a second engineer check the tape library and he discovered that the singer snatched the wrong tapes, but he remained silent about the slip up. Um, and he said, uh, Forsey said, I've always been band oriented. It's me and the band against the record company. That was always my position. I would do what I thought the record company needed, but within the realms of whatever the band wanted, I tried to move the band to where I thought it should be. But if they didn't want to go there, they had total override. Um, and then when he said he, when Ido came back to the studio victorious with the tapes, <laughs> he said, I let him think he had the masters. He did whatever he had to do with the label. Everything was squared away. And then he came back and I said, by the way, Bill, I've got the real masters. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, I wanted to get your your take on this, Matt, as far as the album overall. I mean, we talked about the the glassy sound uh, that may have been uh, influenced by the cocaine. <laughs> the cocaine. <laughs> uh, what do you do? You think? Cause I know Ben likes overproduced stuff. Do you think this album was overproduced? Does it sound like too clean, too slick, too uh, polished? To me, no. I because it's it sounds exactly like what an '80s. I mean, I guess I can't take myself out of thinking of it in its own era because it's just I don't know. It's just how I think about it because that's where I, it just you know it, those types of songs and and albums and bands just get really nostalgic for me. So I don't like to think of it in any other way, really. I don't like to ruin the illusion for myself, <laughs> but uh, so like, no, I don't think it's overproduced because it, in that aspect, like that is just produced in 83. That's what being produced is. It's 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that being overproduced was really a thought back then because everything was that way. So like, you know, can can it really be overproduced when everything else is sounding just like that too? I don't know. That's kind of like where I am with it. I don't I don't think it's overproduced. I think it sounds exactly like it should. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's it, it has everything that I love about 80s like rock. So <laughs> Ben, Ben, what do you think? No, I agree. I mean, you got to kind of look at it from that era. And it was not unlike a lot of the rock albums that were coming out, especially if you think of um, because then you have to kind of ask outside of the drill machine aspect. How different is this from like 1984 by Van Halen? They came out a year later and it was kind of like Eddie bought a synth, (laughs) the synthesizer. And it's like oh, when, I thought he I thought someone left one behind and no it was, was that what happened? I, all I know is just like he either, either I, I I thought the story was that someone left one behind in the previous recording session and he started playing around and he liked how it sounded. He was like, I can play anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't, you know, he, the next year we, we get that album and outside of the, you know, Alex Van Halen's drums. Um, they're not too dissimilar. You know, Eddie Van, you know, the Van Halen album is a little heavier, but that's just because it's Van Halen. Um, but it, it it fit for the time. I do think, though, if it were to come out today, people might say it's overproduced. But then again, also, if it came out today, there'd probably be more auto-tune on it, more pitch correction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also they would, and I'm, I, I, I say Butch Walker it, like if this came out today, I think this is a record Butch Walker produces. The drums sound bigger, and the guitars sound bigger because he. And it's funny because he's into this type of this type of music. He's in the '80s arenas arena rock. So I think if this album comes out today, it it gets even more produced, um, and the 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 vocals are even more perfect. The guitars are even bigger. Like he basically, I think he would turn this into. What he did with Save Rock and Roll by Fall Out Boy and what he did with, um, God, the album that had High Hopes on it by um, Panic, Panic of the Disco. Because that's the type of stuff he's been producing outside of the the pop work that he did like with um, with Pink. And he did he worked with someone else. But like everything else he's been doing with rock, rock and roll music has been like, you know, like if you were to take 80s arena rock and put it in the 2000s. So I think it could be more produced. And I think I would be curious to hear someone to reproduce this album today. But I, I, I think it works. I mean, I don't I don't think it's all that different from anything else that came out around the early 80s in this genre. All right. Um, and like I said, I, I, it is described as a rock album with new wave influence um, with all the synthesizers and the and the drums machines and um i would also include how it was how billy idol was marketed mm-hmm. um mm. as far as with with the imagery um so uh matt i'll ask you with this album um how would you see it as far as in in music history, how should someone look at this album as far as its influence or whatever it meant for pop or rock music going forward? So me personally, I, I don't 
I've never thought of Billy Idol as a band and musically influential. I've always just seen him as an icon being influential. So like to me, like the music's mm. great and I think people would love it. Like it's I think it would be one of those bands that people or especially one of the albums that people would just mention because they liked it. I don't personally think a lot of people were coming out after this one being like, holy shit, I want to sound just like this. <laughs> they were coming out of it being like, I want to look like Billy Idol. I want to be the rock star that Billy Idol is. Not I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like this. I want to look like him. I want to do what he's doing. I think that's really what comes from with this album, not necessarily musically influential. Because to me, I mean, yes, I love this album, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like it stands out any differently from most of the popular music, popular rock that came out around the time. Um, I just personally like it more. I it's kind of my thought of it is Billy Idol himself is the influence, not necessarily the music. <laughs> I think that's an astute observation. Um because it is, I don't want to say it's a footnote <laughs> in in pop music history, but yeah, I think his image is more enduring than this album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I could see that. Um, like I said, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, the album was that good. Uh, I heard a couple of the songs, you know, before, way, you know, way before. And but but the the image of Billy Idol with the spiky blonde hair and the 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 leather vest and whatever shirt tied at the bottom <laughs> so, <laughs> like those images um you would think of those images before um before the music part so i can definitely understand that um <laughs> just trying to imagine some band in the 80s <laughs> just like Dude, have you heard this new Rebel Yell album? Dude, this is the sound we need to go. <laughs> this is the sound line. Someone's like, no, dude. The look? Yes. The sound? Eh, maybe. Not like, like somebody like Kip Winger's cousin. <laughs> this is your this is your cousin, Buddy Winger. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> That's gotta be a, that's gotta be a running joke now. <laughs> it's funny because I, I I was listening to some winger on the way over, <laughs> but it was like '90s winger, so like it was. Oh, that's the and I like that. No one cares. Had about. harmonica in it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, no harmonica and acoustic guitar. Yeah, that's not winger. It's not at all, but <laughs> it came up. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that will uh, that would do it for our discussion about Rebel Yell. Um, if you're going to listen to this album, I guess we should recommend going to YouTube and watching the videos, uh, to kind of get more of an idea of mm -hmm. the magnitude that was Billy Idol. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, he, I think he's mostly been forgotten about as far as being a, you don't see the solo rock artist. I feel like you don't see that as much anymore. Not or, really. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's really the band, and you might know who the lead singer is, but uh, Mr. Count Machine Gun Kelly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, the new Billy Idol, <laughs> Machine, Machine Gun. Gun Kelly. Hey, is the image not the music? Yeah, it's the image. I want to look like Machine Gun Kelly. He sounds like Grammy. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Anyway, um. 
we'll get to my uh, earworm of the week here. Um, I talked talked about Mitchum before. He is Grammy nominated for best new artist, even though we've heard about him <laughs> for a few years. But Kate Renata, um, uh from his album Bubba, which is also nominated for best dance recording, I think. Um, but this song, um, it's it's one of my favorites. I, I mean, I like the whole album, but this is definitely one of my favorites. It's called Ten Percent. Kate Renata featuring. Uh, I want to say Cali Uchis. I'm probably pronouncing it, butchering the pronunciation, <laughs> but uh, uh, you guys check it out. So this is 10% Kate Trinata, Cali Uchis, and we'll be right back. Is 10% by Kate Renata featuring Kali Uchis from his album Bubba. And uh, you can listen to that song and uh, sometimes by her from on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist, which is on Spotify right now. Who is trying to become the um, Netflix of podcasts. They're trying their hardest. Yeah. Um, they uh, have not accepted my phone calls. <laughs> uh, like, look. If you can give Joe Rogan millions of dollars, he can give us tens of dollars. Joe least. Rogan, The <laughs> Ringer, Michelle Obama. <laughs> G- well, DJ Khaled actually just got one on Amazon. So, yeah. oh, Amazon's getting in this game now. Yeah, there. Um, it's an Amazon Music exclusive. His podcast, mm. uh-huh. yeah, in which he will interview um, different artists about their journey from you know nothing to something, and. Um, it honestly, it sounds like it's all his friends. He's like, like Jay uh, Balvin. I'm like, your friend, Kelly Rowland, probably your friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. It was because he did a um, he did an interview recently with uh, you know what? Net, never mind. I, <laughs> I I thought it was. I thought it was like somebody like, oh, that that's an interesting um, person to interview. But from what I've seen, it's I see uh, Lil Wayne and uh, people I don't care to hear from. <laughs> T.I. People I don't care to hear from. <laughs> and Fat Joe people and Jay Balvin. 
and Big Sean. Let me mute somebody Ugh. interesting. And <laughs> oh. oh, John Bon Jovi. That's out of nowhere. Oh, Jovi. Because okay. there, the there was a snippet. I didn't, I didn't see the 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 video or or audio, but there was a story about how uh, when they did "Slippery When Wet." They didn't like like whoever was shooting the album cover had some girl and she was all oiled up and stuff and they're like, um, we don't really want that. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think that's what the record company wanted or something. So he got with the photographer, and then they got some garbage bags, and they put some water on him or to fog him up or something. And then he was able to write slippery with wet mm-hmm. with his finger. And that's the album cover. I didn't know that was a trash. Bag. I would have thought that was like a, a tinted window or something. That is a trash bag. And this was on, on DJ Khaled's podcast. Yeah. I want to hear this just because I can't imagine DJ Khaled talking to John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> I just cannot imagine it. I mean, yeah, I, uh, Okay. Hey, he's going to be accurate. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, accurate. <laughs> like, he's just, he he's one of those people, I don't know, and I'm not, because this is a rant, so I'm not going to start it. It's, it's, it but it's, it, 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 it makes me think of the phrase from the movie, I Think I Love My Wife, that Kerry Washington says oh. to, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's a rant all in its own, because it, it you're, you're pegging yourself into certain so, yeah. But cool. I'm glad he branched out because I was like, if he's really just going to talk to these sorts of folks, then I could care less about their stories. <laughs> Except for maybe <laughs> Kelly Rowland, because I feel like she'd have some good Beyonce stories and she don't, there's nothing she needs from Beyonce anymore. Dude, you know yeah, she's she not still allowed to talk about her. Yeah, she can still get sued. Only if she's lying. Matthew Knowles will find a way. Do you think does he still care? <laughs> she he fired might. him. <laughs> he might. I'd be I'd just be curious. I, I know she's gotta have some if good If it has to do stories. with the Destiny's child days, yeah, he will care. He's got she's gotta have some good stories. And there's oh, literally you know she does. nothing she needs from her. Like they haven't been together in years. She's got she's got her own gigs now, independent. She's under she's from under Beyonce's wing, um, shadow, whatever. Yeah, thumb, yes. So she doesn't, you know. If Beyonce is like, well, you're not going to come on the reunion tour. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel like since Beyonce performed at the Super Bowl and she brought out Destiny's Child, that was the last time they talked. Probably. Probably. Like, I really do. Like, it, and it was probably like one of those, like, you know, call Kelly. And Kelly's like, I don't really. I mean, it's a Super Bowl, but like, I'm just going to be there for a cameo. Like, is this. I got what is what show is she on? Is it America's Got Talent that she's filming or something or The Voice? Like she's getting paid uh, like TV talent show money. Probably America's Got Talent. I think it's the new talent. version of The Voice. Whatever it is, she's getting TV talent show money. She's got a she's got a steady gig. I mean, she ain't talking to her. She she's like, I mean, cool. It's like, you know, we pass in the hallway. Hey, Beyoncé, how you doing? Oh, yeah, but so that just goes to show <laughs> what she has to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce is like one call to NBC. <laughs> You'll never host another talent show again. Wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, no, I just I still don't like. Her. Respect the talent. Still don't like her. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, well, that should bring us to the end of the program. Um, that just, could be just resolves into another Beyonce bashing session. Yeah, yeah. What the fifth time at least? Or talking about uh, I know we had we've done an episode about American Idol. We have not done an episode about The Voice yet, um, because the uh, the 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 contestants on The Voice don't matter, and America has not figured that out yet. Well, they don't care. <laughs> because when Adam Levine and Usher get up there and sing together, and it's just, ah. Uh, who, or Blake, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. It's like, but who are they mentoring? their love affair. Who, who, who are their singers? I don't know. <laughs> and John Legend's the sexiest man alive, so he's, he gets to be on TV every week. Yes, the voice that she, she was in Freddy versus Jason. Uh, yeah, oh, she yeah. was in that, yeah. I never saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Kelly Clarkson's on that show, too, on The Voice. So she's getting talk, it, or does she still have her talk show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she's getting talk show money and, and talent show judge money. Everybody loves Kelly, um, Kelly Clarkson. Like, she brings together white people, black people. Everyone <laughs> likes her. They're like, you go, Kelly. And she gets up there like she sings like Stevie Wonder. It's like, you go, <laughs> Kelly. Like, we love you. <laughs> Like seriously, like she's one of those people. Like, you know, she brings you together like good ribs. You know like, what made me think of? Like, why do I feel like Justin Guarini is just sitting at a bar? That could have been. Just, <laughs> 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 oh no, he's he's a little sweet now. Oh, he got oh, one commercial. Right. He got one commercial. Hey man, it's it's not it's not a talk show and a talent show. He probably makes more money from those commercials than from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> And the ten people that saw it, you know. Well, everyone does. Yeah, they see. Matt's got it down, man. I love it, man. I love those commercials. <laughs> They're so funny. Okay, we're supposed to be ending this. All right. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Matt. If you want to be found, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram Matthew underscore underscore Vaughn V A U G H A N. That's right. it. All right. <laughs> You can see his life out on the West Coast. Did you? Is that a? Did you get one of those skateboard thingies? The the big um, the longboard. Yeah, the longboard. Yeah, you, I okay. got an electric skateboard. Nice. I saw the pictures. I was expecting some Fleetwood Mac in the background, but no, I'm not that With cool. Some cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> does he, he rise to work? <laughs> um, well, Ben, I, I didn't tell people where we could be found at the beginning. Do you want to tell them at the end? It's totally up to you. Google. I'm kidding. No, for real, though. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it makes me think of this Cracked magazine where he's like, funny voice messages. is like, listen, it's 1999. If you don't know how to use an <laughs> answer machine by now. But for real, I mean, the name of the po- our podcast is by the time you hear this podcast. So, you know, Google is a great resource. I'm not even being funny, you know, because it might be harder for you to find some of these apps. Depending on what type of phone you have, if Castbox, I don't even know if it's on Apple. I don't care, but um, it's a you know I know it's on Android. I know that, but yeah, really any of those podcast aggregator sites, you know, um, Castbox, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, um, is a really good one. And then of course, there's always Spotify. Um, is a really easy one if you've got Spotify, you've got Premium, you got access to us. If you have an iPhone, um, use the Apple Podcast app. You can find us on there. Um. I still don't know what they're doing with the Google stuff. Google needs to get it together there <laughs> in terms of their music. Um, 
But even if they're not getting it together, get Spotify, get CastBox, get Overcast, get one of those apps, and you will be able to find us. And then there's also Listen Notes. Check out our Facebook page. Check us out on the gram. Um, typically, you know, Greg's on the dropping hints about what we're going to be covering. So if you go on there, you can typically get an idea. Um, and it's not like, you know, a Tomb Raider style mystery. Like it's usually pretty obvious, like a picture of someone. So, (laughs) so typically you'll have a good idea, but you know, leave us a review, drop us a line, email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Um, the one thing we did not state is if you find us on Instagram, it's with the U and that is because we're urban and we're in Georgia (laughs) and it flipped. (laughs) That was surprising. Yeah. I think, I think Biden's won it like four times now. Um, (laughs) Even more surprising because of where I live, and Matt can attest to this, uh, a lot of Trump supporters out there. <laughs> yep. There's a video of a bunch of them having a rally up there by the um, at the intersection where the, I think it's a Rite Aid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were going ham. <laughs> it was just Not like. Not surprised. And uh, I have to tell you after, <laughs> this is over what Kevin did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to. He's got a job, so we're gonna, <laughs> All right. we got to make sure he keeps it. Um, oh, uh, it's been a few weeks. I, I I don't know if it updated with the most recent episode, but we are also on Amazon Podcast. Now. What? Right along DJ Khaled. Yep. Side DJ Khaled. All right. Suffering from success, man. Uh, and we are also on <laughs> Deezer, whoever uses Deezer. I thought you said Geezer. It's like, yeah. it's like podcasts for old people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um there are only nine songs on this album and I feel like I played all the good ones. Play um but you can play whatever. Play track two. Daytime drama. It's got a great bass line and it has a nice little build up which you could not get away with today. You could not get away with how long this intro is. All right, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll get through the intro <laughs> at the end of the show, maybe not, but this is Daytime Drama by Billy Idol. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you hopefully very soon, COVID-free. Peace. Peace.